0: This is AA Beyond Belief, episode 132. The Fourth Biennial International Conference of Secular AA will be held from October 30th through November 1st 2020 at the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Bethesda, Maryland. In this episode, I spoke with Greg O, chair of the host committee, who provided an update on how things are progressing. For more information, please visit the conference website at secularaa.com. Greg, how you doing? Fine. Thank you, John. How are you? Good. So you're here today to talk about the upcoming International Conference of Secular AA, which is going to be, is it in October of 2020?
1: Yes, it is. It begins Friday, October 30th, and it goes through Sunday, November 1st of 2020. But before we talk
0: about that, I know that you recently went to the um, Arizona Secular AA Conference, and I was hoping you can give me a little report on what happened over there and maybe what you learned there.
1: Yes, I, I did. And it was I'm so glad I went. That's a really good conference. It was the third biennial Arizona Secular AA conference. And frankly, the speakers and the topics and the panels were so good. I hope to hijack a few of them or, or plagiarize a few of them at ICSA twenty twenty. Uh, and, and in fact a couple of the speakers there have already agreed to speak there uh, including a, a group of uh, LGBT secular AA that will be leading a meeting and that's one thing that will be happening nonstop at least during the the days not necessarily all night but we'll be having one track that's all AA meetings hosted by different groups from all over the world and including a an online meeting that literally will have participants from all over the world. But uh, there was a a panel on tolerance within Secular AA. There was a panel on dogma and ritual in Secular AA. And I don't mean to slight any of the other speakers, but those two I thought were particularly good. And I've got a a program that's all marked up with notes and, and things I learned. How many people were there? There were probably seventy five people okay, there. That's it, pretty good then. Yes, it was a wonderful uh, turnout, and they they were kind enough to let me have the the mic for twenty minutes to talk about ICSA twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So you've
0: actually uh, been to two of these regional conferences now. Had, did you go on intentionally to learn something from from those conferences, or just My, to spread the word, or what?
1: I actually went to spread the word, but. Yes, I did learn a lot. The first regional conference I went to was SOAR, Secular Ontario Alcoholics Anonymous Roundup uh, in Hamilton, Ontario. And that, too, had a number of good speakers, a number of good topics, and a number of good panels that I hope to reprise at ICSA 2020. So let's get into ICSA 2020. You already told me
0: when it is, and it is going to be in um, Bethesda, Maryland?
1: Yes, it is. Bethesda is a uh, high-end suburb of Washington, D.C. You can literally walk from Bethesda to Washington, D.C. Uh, so we're calling it the Washington, D.C. ICSA, but uh, it is in Bethesda, Maryland. It's at the Hyatt Regency, Bethesda. You can go on to the www.secularaa.com website and click the ICSA 2020 tab, and that will allow you to register uh, for the conference, which is 125 U.S. dollars. Uh, there's a, an option to purchase copies of all the speeches. That, that, they will be recorded and available. That's a $5 add-on. And you can also book your hotel. Now, the hotel, if you were to book without a special IXA code would be $170 a night. For us, it's $129 a night. Now, usually there's some sort of a city tax and there'll be more things tacked on. But the base the base cost is $129 a night, and the Hyatt Regency Bethesda has given us, I think, about a week before and a week after the conference uh, to use that rate. So, this is an outstanding opportunity, if you've never been to Washington, D.C., to visit and combine ICSA 2020 with a family vacation. In addition, uh, the hotel, by the way, sits literally sits right atop a metro station. The the metro is what they call the subway in Washington, D.C. So it's easy to get into town if you want to see the National Mall or the Smithsonian or any of the many, many things that Washington, D.C. has to offer for free, I, I might add. And if you're in vacation mode, people often don't realize how close Washington, D.C. or Bethesda is to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, maybe 75 miles to the north, and Colonial Williamsburg, maybe 75 miles to the south. So you can, you can get your Revolutionary War on, you can get your Civil War on, and you can get your sobriety on all in one one visit. Is there a keynote speaker? Yes, there is a keynote speaker. He is Dr. George F. Coob. K-O-O-B. He is the director of the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism. Uh, now, I, I had heard of NIH, the National Institute of Health. I did not realize that it's actually the National Institutes of Health. There are many, many of them, and this particular one that Dr. Koob heads is, is on alcohol abuse and alcoholism. If you go online, you can see his biography, but he has a fabulous background uh, in neurobiology, in teaching, in the, the physiological effects of alcohol, on addiction, on and on recovery. And his speech will be titled, Recent Advances in Alcohol Research, a 50-Year Perspective. So this will give us an opportunity to learn about recovery and what we've learned about alcoholism over the last half century.
0: I'm excited about him. You know, I think I told you, I read a book last summer, I didn't finish it because it was too um, scientific scientific-y for me to finish, but um, it was all about um, research into alcoholism. And the person who wrote it um, worked closely with Dr. Coob and he wrote quite a bit about what it was like working for him and, and, and how high esteem that, that Dr. Kube has held among researchers in, in the field of alcoholism. So um, just from reading that, I got a pretty good idea that this guy that you're going to have speaking, he knows what he's talking about, and he's pretty well respected in the field.
1: Yes, he is. And I've noticed the same thing. Once his name was implanted into my mind, I've seen him quoted a number of places in, in books on recovery and alcoholism and, and articles uh, as well. So, yeah, I'm excited, too. We have other speakers that we're not calling the, the headliner, but they're also very impressive. Uh, one is Dr. George Kalodner, who is the founder and chief innovation officer of the Colmac Outpatient Recovery Centers in and around the Washington, D.C., area, uh, not just in Washington, D.C., but also in Silver Spring, and they just opened a new center in uh, Annapolis. But I have a personal relationship with Colmack. That's where I did my rehab. Uh, Dr. Kalodner's program is, according to their website, the first intensive outpatient treatment program in, in the world. Uh, it was an eight-week program, from five thirty to eight thirty, which for me was also known as Happy Hour, except it didn't end at eight thirty. But uh, he and his uh, his staff and another person from his staff will be speaking. Are very innovative. Uh, in addition to being the first outpatient intensive outpatient recovery center, it is, as I understand it, the first program to combine neurobiology and an addiction psychiatrist, Dr. Kolodner, with Colmack is uh, is a maid of Dr. Kolodner's name and a guy named, uh, I think his name was McCarthy, who is a 12-stepper. It's the first program to combine psychiatry, psychology, and a 12-step program. So uh, it's it's medicine and it's AA. And it, it worked for me. Other speakers include dr john stewart uh, who is from england he's perhaps better known as the lead guitar player in the band sleeper which uh, if has had had a couple of tracks in the movie train spotting and he's performed with kd lang and they're kind those- of making
0: a revival I, I i follow him on facebook you know and he and he the band has kind of uh, gotten back together again i think because he's been playing different venues
1: uh, yes, and and you also interviewed him, I think, for a podcast. And he's got his own blog called "Leaving AA, Staying Sober: New Perspectives on Recovery." And that's uh, that's at John Sleeper, and that's j o n s l e e p e r dot dot com. He was one of the first uh, people that we
0: interviewed um, that came on our podcast. He, he must have been like an episode four or five. It was really early on. And to this day, that is like the most listened to podcast that we have recorded. And we also have him on um, YouTube. And has gotten more more of what they call them views on YouTube than any other recording that we have. He um, he's really interesting because he um, he's left AA, but he's not anti AA. He he refers to himself as being pro choice. So you know he 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 what he would like to see. Changed with AA is he would like to see AA uh, make it known, kind of he would like to see AA come into the broader recovery community. So in other words, um, you know, help out some of these other programs. You know, why not list SMART on your AA website and and that kind of thing. So he just thinks that there should be more, um, I guess, cooperation within the recovery community and that we not be in our silos.
1: And for any of your listeners who have not heard your interview with John Stewart, uh, I really recommend it. That was that was one
0: of the best you've done, John. And- he is such a nice person. You know, he he did that for me. It was just it was a, I didn't really realize what a favor he was doing me, you know, because he's pretty well known. (laughs) And, uh, it was like, he keeps telling me that people thought that he was the American comedian, John Stewart. And that's why it's so popular. (laughs) I don't know. But also uh, it was kind of funny Is any article that we post or any podcast that we post about someone who's actually leaving AA seems to be some of the more popular,
1: (laughs) (laughs) popular podcasts that we have. Well, I like him. I'm looking forward to meeting him. Yes. Yeah. And he's coming all the way from England. I don't Know if his band has it is on tour or or how that's going to work, but he'll he's committed. Uh, yes, he's a very interesting man, and um, uh, his campaign for greater recognition of the wide range of non spiritual recovery options I think is is fascinating, and I'm looking forward to his speech as much as anyone else's. You can Google him; he's got all
0: kinds of talks on YouTube. That he he goes over to different places in England and he talks about um, oh Alcoholics Anonymous, some of the history of AA and oh the religiosity of AA and um, and also what he believes about um, you know being pro-choice and recovery. He's just I'm really he's going to be really a good speaker. I'm looking forward to that. So it's nice that you have you have the science and then you have him. So that's cool.
1: Yes, uh, and there is one more scientist that I, that is invited, and she's checking on her schedule, but I think we're going to get her, and that is the spokesperson for— the National Organization on Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorders. She has just returned from, well, the end of June. She was uh, delivering a paper on, on fetal alcohol spectrum disorders at the World Health Organization Forum on Alcohol, Drugs, and Addictive Behaviors in Geneva, Switzerland, at WHO headquarters. She, uh, and she's a very interesting uh, speaker, and uh, as I'm fond of saying, spoiler alert, the amount of alcohol you can drink safely during pregnancy is zero if, you, if you're serious about avoiding fetal alcohol spectrum disorders, which we, what we used to call fetal alcohol syndrome. So how did you get her? Well, Washington D.C. has a wonderful uh, stable full of associations for lobbying and getting their messages out, and and she's with one of them. Yeah, that's what
0: I thought. Because
1: in D.C., you've
0: got all the experts on everything there, don't you? Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <So>. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Whether they're experts or not, you've got them. Mm-hmm. But yes, that's cool. Yeah, science uh, advocacy—it's it, a—it's a wonderful resource. And and while we're mentioning D.C. This time of year, it's it's going to be the the uh, Halloween weekend of 2020. But the cherry blossom season is is of course well known in Washington D.C. and it is beautiful, but it's full of tourists. It's often rainy. It can be chilly. No one ever realizes how how lovely Washington D.C. and the surrounding area is during the end of October and beginning of November. So I'm I'm hoping that we'll have a just wonderful weather. For people, and and a number of people have told me they're coming. Uh, somebody said you had me at Smithsonian, uh, and he plans to take his family uh, from from Canada. I'm to... looking forward to it. I've never been to DC other than um,
0: a drive through um, when my family was moving. When I was a kid, we were moving from New York to oh, actually, we were moving to Kansas, but we went we went down to Florida to see um, our family and so um, our, our relatives. So anyway, we drove through DC. And at that time, you could just drive right in front of the White House. So we drove in front of the White House. I think we walked around the mall. We saw the cherry blossoms and that kind of thing. But that was it. It was all just kind of you know drive a drive through tour. Um, but so I'm looking forward to maybe spending some time there. And I would like to see, I'd like to see a lot of things there. I'd like to go to the mall. I'd like to see the Lincoln Memorial. I'd like to see. Um, I don't know, all, those, all the sites there. So,
1: As I tell people, if you're bored in Washington, D.C., it's your own darn fault. Plenty to do, and most of it, thanks to the Taxpayers of America, is free. So is that, are those the main speakers? Are those the featured speakers? Those are the headliners, uh, but in addition, we have a number of very interesting and fascinating con- uh, speakers. Joe C. is going to sit on the stage and interview someone who you recently interviewed, John. The I don't know. Do we call him the author of of a of the editor of the notes that eventually became the big book?
0: I haven't interviewed him, but that's the book over there. See ah. it? Yeah, that huge book. That looks and like. I, yeah, right I'm thickness. gonna I'm gonna be reading it. I, actually I'm gonna start it. Maybe today even, <laughs> and uh, I, Roger, um, I told Roger that I was going to write a book review on it, but I'm not going to hold. I'm not going to promise him that. <laughs> uh, uh, there was another book I just read. It's the one sitting next to it. See how little it is? Mm-hmm. It's like 200 pages. I was going to write a book review on that one, and I just found it impossible. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to get the. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, you'll get to hear an interview.
0: Yeah, and Joe's Joe's the best um, interviewer. In fact, I listened to the podcast he did with the, with the author. I think it's Schaefer, Scha- Scha- Schaefer. I keep wanting to say Schaumburg because that's where my company is located, but I can go get the book and tell you who it is. It is William Schaumberg. Schauberg
1: Yeah, Schauberg And the title? It's called Writing the Big Book. And uh, again, I won't give away the surprise ending, but I understand that this person had access to all of Jim Burwell's notes and the notes of many other people. Jim Burwell, perhaps you've seen the bumper stickers, friend of Jimmy B. He was the agnostic or atheist, one of the you know the five or six originals who wrote the big book.
0: Yeah, there is some new information in that book, from what I understand, um, that nobody there are um, people mentioned in the book that have never ever popped up before in AA history. So it's kind of interesting.
1: I I am looking forward to reading it. Uh, uh, we also have an award winning poet uh, who will talk about art and sobriety. And I think this may be a panel with a musician, a poet, and perhaps a graphic artist. On using art, is that a, the poet that you knew? And I
0: think you gave me his book. Yes, okay. He has a
1: couple of books, but the, we we used one poem, uh, which is the title of also the title of one of his books, Drinking Weather. Okay, I I, I, I that's the book I think that you gave me. Um, and I need to, I would
0: love to meet him. I look forward to meeting him because I've uh, always wanted to have him on a podcast or, or do something with him on AA Beyond Belief. He's so. a
1: fascinating individual, and and and. See me after the meeting here, and I'll give you his contact information. In addition, we have uh, uh, someone who is a certified instructor of Tai Chi, and I don't know how to pronounce this Qigong, but these are health and wellness sort of exercises that can be used in recovery. and And we're going to do it. We're going to do it after. I'm not going to do it. Ah. <laughs> Well, for those who want to, and uh, it, it seemed to me like it would be a good thing to do after lunch on Saturday. And then some, as I mentioned, there will be continuous AA meetings, and there will be speakers on topics we've had before at uh, the three previous International Conferences of Secular AA. But starting a secular meeting, how to do oral histories, uh, we're now getting to the point where there are not just 30-year sobriety people around, but 40-year and even more. But uh, So are we going to record people, The record histories?
0: Yes. That's a good idea. Could we record uh, maybe just group histories, too, if people just want to talk about groups they started? I think that's an excellent idea, John, yeah. yes. That's really good.
1: Uh, and and I'm hoping that with your podcast experience, you can help us a little bit. And I know you're the archivist for. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to monopolize the secular audio recordings. <laughs> so I've I've got,
0: you know, we've got our YouTube channel, which is huge now. And uh, well, like I think it's huge. It's like what 1,700 people I think were viewing it. And but anyway, we got all the all the. It's just an incredible amount of audio now that, that we've collected over the years that we have on our YouTube channel and on the AA Beyond Belief um, site. So, yeah, I'll definitely, um, anything that's being recorded, I'll, I'll snatch it up and I'll, I'll participate and help as much as I can.
1: Oh, thank you. And you've done a fantastic job. I know your podcast has 15,000 listeners from time to About time. About 10,000 a month. 10,000 a month. Excellent, John. So, those are sort of the highlights
0: of the conference. So what do you need right now? Do you need help? Do you need volunteers? Do you still need people to fill in to do panels and workshops?
1: If if you go on to secularAA.com, And sign up for, register for the conference, there's a, there's a, one of the things in the sign up sheet to the registration sheet is an opportunity to offer yourself as a volunteer and people have been extremely generous with their time and ideas, but we can use more volunteers. I've never really overseen a bunch of volunteers. So we could use a volunteer who's in charge of volunteers for example but and when you talk about the recording, we're gonna record it ourselves right? Yes
0: okay so we're just gonna I think like maybe just get some equipment or something um, and just,
1: We'll rent some equipment. Okay. Uh,
0: kind of like we did in Toronto. Yes. And okay. we'll,
1: we'll have a training session. Oh, okay. The day before or maybe just the morning. Okay. Of.
0: And I'll bring my equipment too because I've got, I've got two of these digital um, recorders and I got plenty of microphones.
1: Oh, fantastic. Thank you, John. Yeah, that, that would be great. But there, you can sign up to volunteer when you register online for the conference. And as I say, people have been wonderful about offering to volunteer. And I've never put on a conference of this size and scope before, so I don't really know. I'm sure the week before it will dawn on me that, hey, we've got to get name tags done, we've got to get this done, we've got to get that done. So there's there's plenty of, of work for volunteers.
0: I was going to ask you about the business side of it. Um, do, you, do you know like how much it costs to pull this thing off? And like how much money is going from you know the old conference i mean the last conference to this conference and
1: there is a little money going from the last conference to this conference well the hotel has a minimum use requirement which if we meet then we don't have to pay for for the conference rooms but it's it's not cheap and and the 125 us dollar registration fee has designed conservatively to generate what we need for the hotel and of course we don't just give dollars to the hotel. We give dollars to the hotel and they give us food or they give us various amenities. And that's part of the requirement, isn't it, that we actually have the meals and stuff there? Yes. But the the prior three X's have not done a lot with with meals. We'll probably have one or two meals provided. But Bethesda is a safe area for walking. It's got dozens and dozens of restaurants within walking distance. It'll be easy enough to pop out of the hotel, go get some fresh air, get a meal, lunch or dinner, and then come back. And we'll try to schedule the, the keynote speakers so that they don't conflict with with uh, people going out for lunch. And we may have a banquet. I don't know. We'll We'll see. I'd be delighted if we got 400 people to sign up. But I'm shooting for 600, frankly. Yeah,
0: you're, I th- you know, I think there's a good possibility for that because you're in a really great population center there, you know, uh, more so than when we were way out in California. It takes, a, you know, it's a long ways from everything. And, of course, in Canada, we. I think we dropped because of not many Americans have passports. So, yeah. And so, D.C., you're right there next to New York and Philadelphia and Baltimore, yeah, like, uh, Baltimore. And Baltimore Richmond, it, yeah. uh, this is a huge population to draw from, so I think there's a good chance for it. I was going to ask you. I wanted to do a panel. I wanted to do a, either a panel or a workshop, whatever it is, about AA Beyond Belief. Do I need to sign up for that somewhere? You just did. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I thought I would just do like, um, oh, I don't know, just tell people what AA Beyond Belief is, what my experience has been with it, about the podcast, about the website, um, you know, how we got started, why we do it, you know.
1: Uh, frankly, perhaps you could uh, follow that that speech or that presentation with a recording for the 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 web the the podcast or the uh, the website. I know there's uh, another secular uh, person in recovery who is kind of developing his own approach, John H. To- John, John H. H, yeah,
0: yeah. I would love to talk to him, and if if you wanted me to interview him, or if you wanted me to interview him, I'd be glad to. Um, I, we've had him on the podcast actually twice.
1: Yes, and, and, and I've
0: read good. I've read his essays. Now he, um, that's fine. Uh, yeah, they're very well written and and so forth. I could give him a hard time though because I could I can read all of those things that he's talking about, and I can I can number I could give I can attach a step to each one of those things, but I won't do that to him. <laughs> Well, I'm sure he can handle
1: his own. Because he says he has do. nothing to do with the steps, but those things that he talks about are basically well, they, yes, and these are all things that we that I like to think about, and I think a number of other
0: secular AA people do too. But if I interview him, I'll be very nice. That's I always am. I never I never argue with my guests. I just let them say what they want to say.
1: Says who? <laughs> <laughs> well, I we're putting the program together now. It's not it's not been posted. Uh, some of the some of the biographies maybe have been posted, and John H, who actually is uh, lives in Bethesda, has put together a paper on things to do within walking distance, or or metro distance, or or driving distance uh, from Bethesda, and it's that's sort of my next between now and the end of the month. Uh, is to get that program filled out and posted on our website so that it's, we're less than a year away.
0: And, I know, it's hard to believe.
1: Yeah, although, although uh, uh, sign-ups, registrations continue to come in, so if you're listening, don't wait. Go ahead, secularaa.com. You can register for the conference and you can uh, book the hotel. Well, If you can go, I would recommend it. I've gone to, I guess,
0: all of these international conferences since the first one in Santa Monica. Did you go to that one, Greg? I can't remember. No, I didn't. I wish I had. I missed that. I've been to the Three That's right, John. I, John. John was there, and some other people from DC. Um, that was that was a very that was a fun conference. It was um, in a small, you know, Unitarian Universalist church in Santa Monica. Just beautiful. Um, a lot of it was um, outside, you know, and that was really the first time that I ever met that number of people that were um, agnostics or atheists you know in alcoholics anonymous and so a lot of the people i met there have been friends ever since and then i went to the conference that conference the austin conference um which also was really very good um and the um, toronto conference um, the the hotel that that in Bethesda, when you walk outside, are are so it's the, the the complaint that a lot of people had about the Austin Hotel is that it was like way out in the middle of nowhere. But this hotel isn't quite like that. You can walk around and see things and do things. Oh
1: yes, absolutely. This is right in the center of of Bethesda. You can walk out, as I say. There's dozens of restaurants within an easy walk. That's nice because you you need a little bit of a break when you're
0: inside a hotel. The hotel all the time it's nice to be able to walk outside and see the sunshine and the feel the air on your neck or whatever <laughs> you know <laughs> yes. and and then in, in Austin it was like you had to drive to get anywhere and it was like it, se- it seems like there was some crazy highway that was around the building or something hmm. anyway it was a g- it was still fun it was still a good conference but I like I like that you can I liked about in Toronto you could just leave the hotel and you could walk around the streets of Toronto I thought that was nice
1: yes yeah I enjoyed that and Bethesda is very much the same sort of a vibe as as the Toronto facility facility and location was. We've talked about the the general theme of science, uh, but some sort of secondary themes that I'm pushing are, are how to grow secular AA and how to attract more young people to secular AA. Now, I realize for young people, it's difficult to go uh, at the end of October, early November if you have a job or if you're in college or uh, have a young family. Uh, it's difficult to take time off to go to a a conference like that. And as a result, we tend to get older people, but I'm trying to select topics and speakers that will appeal to younger people and uh, information that whether you're a young person or not, well, let's talk about the fetal alcohol uh, speaker. A number of the attendees may be older, but they may be grandparents or parents or, you know, I think the information we're going to Get out of this conference is going to be valuable not only for the attendees but for their families as well.
0: Well, there's a nice trend that's starting right now. Um, I think one one of the reasons that there there haven't been a lot of you know you know younger people in Alcoholics Anonymous in general has been that most people, unfortunately. Um, don't get help for for their drinking until they're until they're older that's I mean I mean it started to change a little bit over the years but still I mean most most people are probably in their you know 30s or 40s or maybe even later before they um, they stop to get help. However, that trend is beginning to change as people, younger people now, are beginning to view um, alcohol consumption not so black and white. You know, um, they, they, they see the problem of alcohol on a spectrum. And, uh, you know, there's a trend now, of the sober curious. There's just more of a, an awareness, I guess, of how alcohol affects people. And, and I think that people understand they don't have to reach the depths of alcoholism hardcore so maybe you know maybe we'll we'll see younger people get get help or address their drinking earlier than than what's been happening
1: that's a good point John I know I know there has been a radical change in the the view towards drinking on campus fraternities when I went to college that was a, a drinking place and that's what all the weekends were about as I understand it fraternities don't allow alcohol in their houses anymore at least most don't and there, of course, have been some horrible, horrible, sad tragedies. So maybe we are growing in awareness, uh, and that's what ICSA Twenty Twenty aims to to help further is spreading that awareness. That's
0: you know that's one thing I, I had written down actually is why do we do this? And um, you know, just looking at past conferences, especially you know when we had our first conference, I can't remember how many secular AA meetings there were in the world, but I think there were less than two hundred. Um, and then shortly after that conference. There were like 400 or so, and I think there's over 500 now. So it seems like you get a little bit of a of a bump after each conference in the number of um, secular AA meetings that start up.
1: And I'll I'll extend that uh, what you just said to the regional conferences as well. I think they're very very good, and I wish I'd started attending those several years ago because the the speakers and just the people you meet in the audience are fascinating interesting people
0: i enjoyed soar that was the only regional one that i've ever been to but it reminded me a lot of the first um international conference in santa monica because it was smaller it was in a you know a more intimate location um it, so yeah I, I like those i like those regional conferences too you know, I thought about doing one in Kansas City, but man, I don't know. I don't know if we have enough people that want to that want to go through that kind of work to put one on.
1: Well, service is important, but yeah, you never know how much work it is till you're... And the Midwest is so spread
0: out. I mean, if you had like a Midwestern conference, I mean, we'd have to get like, you know, you got Kansas City, I guess St. Louis, Omaha, Minneapolis. These places are kind of long ways away from each other. So it's kind of, you know, it's, it's not that easy to, right. to kind of get people to together out here, I don't think.
1: I will say that the Arizona Secular AA Conference attracted people from not just Arizona, but from as far away as Canada and Montana. I was quite surprised and pleased to see what a diverse group of, of people came to that conference. And uh, one of the people who came was from Vancouver, Canada, and he is uh, sponsoring a regional conference in May in Vancouver. I don't have any details on that now, but if I do, I'll make sure I... Sh- share them f- with you for posting. And then there's the there's the Decem- there's the the Detroit non-secular AA conference this summer, and this will be the first year that ICSA and the big international, I'll call it traditional AA conference have occurred in the same year. So I'm a little worried that some people can't afford to attend both. If that happens, um, like I'm one of those people,
0: but I'm going to be going to ICSA and i mean one reason is it's impossible to get a room in detroit i mean there's so many people i mean what 60,000 70,000 people that that go to that thing i can't even imagine i would love to go i've never been to one of those things but uh when i you know it's it's a bit of a stretch to do that to do two conferences like that in one year to travel like that and if i had to choose between being around 70,000 people and you know 400 people i think i'd rather go with the 400 people <laughs> plus it's a lot easier to get a room and and all that kind of stuff
1: too Sec- secular AA will have a presence at the Detroit Conference, whether it's a booth. Uh, it, it, there will be a booth, and there will be speakers from Secular AA, and I'll be there. Uh, I've never been to one either. You know, at all of those conferences going
0: back to the 1990s, there's always been a secular presence. Um, they used to call them the We Agnostics uh, panels, and I've got a lot of the recordings from those. And they're mostly, most of them are pretty good. They're actually, um, you know, atheists agnostics talking about their experience in AA, there was one panel that wasn't so great where it was about atheists who converted
1: <laughs> or something like that. The we agnostics <laughs> <channel>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I am looking forward to this, and I'm I'm looking forward to more registrations. For those of you who are listening here, go on to the website, secularaa.com, and you can register for the conference. You can sign up to be a volunteer. You can sign up to lead a meeting. You can also, on the website... Register for the hotel or reserve your room in the hotel. And as I say, I I wish I'd checked real quickly before we started this uh, discussion, John, but I know there's roughly a week on either side of the conference where we also have the special conference rate of $129 a night.
0: Well, thank you, Greg. I appreciate you coming by and giving us this information. Did we cover everything that you wanted to talk about? Is there anything else that we need to know?
1: Yeah, I think we did. Stay tuned because hopefully, after this Thanksgiving weekend, there will be more information posted on the secularaa.com website. Okay, um, but don't hope me to that. Because All right. I am an alcoholic.
0: And that's another episode of AA Beyond Belief. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you'd like to help out our site and podcast, there's a couple of things you can do. First of all, go over to iTunes and leave us a review, hopefully a favorable one. You can also help out financially with either a recurring or one-time contribution. You can do this by setting up small recurring donations at our Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash AA or through PayPal at paypal.me aabeyondbelief. And you can always visit our site, aabeyondbelief.org, and click on the donate button. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back again real soon with another episode of A.A. Beyond Belief, the podcast.